we're here with Derek Espiritu. Yeah, when I got into security, it was like a whole new world. <laughs> yeah, nice. That's pretty good, oh, man. man. It's not going to take our jobs. People that use AI will take our jobs. You see, that's why I like Derek, because he says things that I also say. AI is not going to replace jobs. You'll be replaced by people who use AI. <laughs> and so I, How can we enable? If the rest of the company sees security as an enabling team, then they'll understand where we're coming from, they'll be a lot more easier to work with, but also just have the same vision to build a better platform in general. What are we eating for lunch? And be like, okay, yeah, we'll start with a salad. And I'm like, oh, great. Like, I mean, I eat salad. It's just tomatoes and <laughs> onion. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, I... And I hated tomatoes, right? Yeah. And so I did it for a while, and I would put salt. I'm like, okay, I can do it. And then I think I hit a breaking point, and I'm like, no más. No more. No lo voy a hacer. <laughs> Nunca jamás. <laughs> I'm going to do it. And so for a while, I, I was against the raw tomato, which is a vegetable. No? <laughs> it's definitely a fruit. <laughs> it's a vegetable. It's, How it's dare you? It's my favorite you? fruit of them all. How dare you, Derek? It's uncomfortable. Okay. We have, yes. So like, I don't know. I um, but you know what? I, I I've brought them back. I brought them back. I introduced them. Um, you know, it's really brought me and my wife together. You know, because, yeah. I mean, it's it's just we we're reaching new heights. You know, because of like, raw tomatoes are back on the menu. So you know, I have to like overcompensate for my wife. She hates everything on her hamburger. So oh, she really? just likes the meat, the bun, and ketchup. So I always have to it's go like up to In-N-Out every time at any place. It's not just In-N-Out. It's any place. I have to say, okay, one with everything on it because I'm like, I, <laughs> I got to overcompensate and just yeah. eat everything. And then I said, and one with just meat, ketchup. Well, <laughs> well don't you go like protein style because you're like Mr. Yeah. Fitness. Yeah, yeah I, just, I only do the, like the lettuce wrap. Because I actually like oh, it better. Nice. I don't know why, but yeah, people who are just listening to this audio, we're here uh, with Derek Espiritu, right? How do we say it? Like I was gonna say, it, like how do you, how do you say it? Like your last so, name. The American way is Espiritu. The Tagalog way Espiritu. Espiritu. Yeah, it could be anything with a little the, rolling of the R, basically. Espiritu. Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm like, I'm okay. Okay, so we'll go Derek E. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you say it right. It's Derek fine. Too. Yeah. Hey, what a freaking awesome podcast this is going to be. And I encourage you guys, if you're listening on the audio, come take a look at, at Derek. He is very fit. He is very handsome. <laughs> yeah. He's very handsome. He has, yeah, man, this guy, dude. Really nice hair. All right. Really nice hair. The story of why I got fit, okay? This okay, was 2020. Yeah, yeah. 2020. <laughs> My, it was right during the pandemic, like right before the pandemic. Sure. I realized I had gained some weight and I was about to be a dad. Right, like eight pounds or something like, <laughs> something like but <laughs> my pounds. wife got pregnant i said i don't really want to have a dad bod i want to be a little more fit but then the pandemic happened and just like i can't go to the gym so my wife said derek i want you to go run outside <laughs> said, really okay and she's like i want you to run with your shirt off i said why <laughs> and she said i want you to be tanner than me by like a lot okay so is now, your wife pretty tan 
<laughs> she's no, no, no. Very, very fair skin. So it's okay. not. It doesn't take a lot for her to be like for me to be a little bit tanner than okay. her. Okay. Yeah. So it took one running session. I was tanner, but then, then on she's like, yeah, just run outside. So from then on, I've been just running outside and. That's Me and Keaton are just imagining what is that like, <laughs> right? <laughs> For Derek to run. Okay. You, you anyway, mentioned before uh, we started rolling that you ran like almost seven miles this morning. Do you do that like every morning? Not every morning. So I run. Okay. So I used to run three times a week. Okay. And now I switch and I work out four times a week like, right. with weights, and then I switch to like two times running. But I do it just to go explore the neighborhoods that I'm in because I don't ever see my neighborhoods besides running around and I want to go see where I live and, you know, so it's fun. Yeah. It's awesome, man. Me and Derek, like we went, we went to lunch last week at Black Hat, which mm-hmm. was awesome. We should talk a little bit about that, right? Uh, but Black Hat was awesome. But Derek did protein style everything and I was like, man, I got to do something. He was just inspiring me. And then you know what he did? He ordered bread pudding. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it was like yeah. a cheat day. It was Dude. a good cheat day, man. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. like the best French toast I've ever had, except this one was just entirely full of sugar, and it hit my stomach like a rock. The rest yeah. of the day, because Kenny left like after, <laughs> I felt so bad just like walking it off. It was, it, it yeah, felt like, it was rough. Yeah, it, it was fun. <laughs> yeah. Now that was a great event. All right, so here we are. So we've got into this. This is this is so good. This is how it should be. No structure. Here we go. So Derek Espiritu, he Derek guys is a rising star in the cyber community, and uh, and we're gonna talk a little bit about you know your journey getting into security. Derek, I want to hear all about this. I also want to talk about a little bit about Labelbox where you're at right now in AI and. Yeah. You know, and, and some of those things, right? So let's just kind of go. So, hey, so tell us a little bit about, you know, your start getting into cyber. You know, how did that happen? Mm-hmm. You can start wherever you want. So let's start with just a little freshman. Actually, yeah, starting my freshman year, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I think I wanted to be a dentist. I wanted to be a lawyer. I could see you be a dentist. I don't think I would be. I, apparently, I don't like blood. Which, no? <laughs> yeah. I don't like the needles. Like, no? I don't like doing that. So oh, that's man. what. Never mind. But as I was trying to figure out in college, let's see, I didn't get into the advertising program. And that was, it hit me really hard that I just wanted to be, because it's what my sister had done. And I was okay. like, okay, I oh, want to follow yeah. her path. I want to figure it out. Didn't get in. You're at BYU, right? I was at BYU. Okay. I feel like I wasn't creative enough. It's fine. And I felt really down, like I was mm. at a very low point. Okay. And I had a call with my cousin, who's my mentor. He's basically tutored me in everything that I've done when it comes to just technology in general. Mm-hmm. And he calls me up and he says, why are you being dumb? Just go into IT. I said, wow, the thanks. I didn't get into this program. Yeah. He's like, no, 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 Wise. no. Let me tell you, what I've learned here and the people that I've like associated in the program because he was only two years older than me. It's been amazing. I think you'd love it and you'd really like it. And the money's not bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he ended up said, okay. And yeah. it was the money's not bad part that really got me going. <laughs> right. I was excited. So I did the IT program and this is coming from somebody that I thought all MacBooks 
couldn't get viruses. Okay. That was like the way I was my upbringing when my parents is like, <laughs> oh, that's MacBook not still. That's not true. Yeah, they don't get viruses. <laughs> so I'd have thought. I think my password included a one two three four at the time. I had no idea about it, but with IT, as I took the classes, I was very. What the heck am I learning? I have no idea what an OS is. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what Linux is. Like, tell me what this is. Linux. Yeah. I like that. And what then, is Linux? Yeah, what is Linux? <laughs> and that actually, one of my points with cybersecurity, I feel like this is important, is that I was a big, I mooched off my teammates so much in school. And holy cow, you didn't want me on your like group projects, at least in the beginning, because I had no idea what I was doing and I was Googling everything. But then I would rely on them just to be like, hey, give me a quick answer because that's what I was always looking for. I wasn't really patient. I was saying, just give it to me now. I want to know how to do it instead of breaking it, fixing it, and like figuring out the problem. I'd rather be like, I want an instant fix. Mm -hmm. That evolved a little bit in my senior year. Thankfully, mm-hmm. I changed a little bit, but man, if, if somebody wants to break into cybersecurity or just security in general, don't do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to mm-hmm. be very mindful about how you learn and that failure is inevitable. It's not mm-hmm. even an option. It's just inevitable and yet you just got to keep pushing through it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, y- you're just finding your path. Mm-hmm. You're finding your path. And um, you learn that, you know, viruses can actually <laughs> yeah. impact a MacBook. <laughs> you hear people saying Linux. What's Linux? Oh, you mean Linux? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just know about LSCD. Yeah. The, you know, okay. just going yep. my way around there. That's right. That's right. Okay. And so you're evolved. So um, I think you went into uh, uh, consulting, right? Didn't you do that for a little yeah. bit? Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So... Or you after can, yeah, yeah after work, after I graduated, I actually switched to cybersecurity because I found it pretty fascinating. I mm. really liked, I like helping people and helping people keep things secure. That was even better, like not just IT. So I switched because they just made the major, mm-hmm. like, my year. So oh, cool. My senior year, I switched immediately, and I was one of the first graduating classes of cybersecurity, which was pretty awesome. Oh, cool, yeah, nice. So I went to Symantec, then um, consulting was after that. Nice. So did you stay here in in Utah? Yep. uh, For Symantec? Yeah. Yeah, All of my career has been in Utah so far, but for for California companies. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I actually worked for a while doing Symantec stuff. Oh, really? With encryption stuff, yeah, and all this. uh, Yeah, I did that for a while, you know, as as a consultant. Cool company. Oh, great company. That's for, what I Especially learned. for cyber, right? Yeah. Yeah, seriously. It's one of the best. They got acquired by Broadcom, which is why I started to look for different spots, and that's why I ended up consulting. Okay. And what did you learn? How did you take what you learned at Symantec to go into consulting? What, what, what did you get out of consulting? I got out of consulting. First is that the people are just fantastic, and there's always a project in mind that you, mm. you want have a you you should have an end goal with your customers that way that they can feel satisfied and you can feel satisfied your, with your work too you're not just trying to do as many billable hours you're making something more efficient you're building something you're creating something oh cool that's yeah. like the anti-consulting model so <laughs> yeah. that's that was your experience that was right? my experience i liked it amazing i, I think that 
if you want to learn security quickly, consulting is the really one of the best ways to go because you just are on so many projects. It's pretty broad, but with each different customer, it's specific thing. Yeah, you're getting a little nuance added mm-hmm. to the broad knowledge yeah. base. That's awesome. That's what I, yeah, that I couldn't agree more, right? A lot of people trying to break into cyber. Where do I go? Guess what? Consulting form, firms always need people. Yep. And, um, you know, you get all that training and you get cool projects because people are winning those. Mm-hmm. You know, unfortunately, right, you know, when you're a consultant, what happens in the industry, I don't know if this was your experience, Derek, but like consultants, they get the problems that people don't want to deal with <laughs> yes. right? because they're hard. <laughs> they they don't really know how they're going to do it. And so they say, oh, let's just hire a consulting firm. And then someone like you comes in and you actually have to figure it out yeah. <laughs> and solve the problem, which is so hard, right? But it's great because you just get this great problem that just yeah. sucks that no one wants to figure yeah. out. And so now you get to go do it. Yeah. One of my most valuable lessons I learned from that was battle planning before coming up with anything to the customer. Oh, my gosh. I, tell us about that. Let's see. I was doing like vendor management or just security questionnaires and just like trying to figure out a, a process to do it. I didn't, because I didn't have experience in it yet, I asked, I think, our customer about it. And that's when my consulting, you know, uh, coworker, he pulled me aside. He's like, hey, let's discuss together first. That way we have a solution to their problem before like discussing the problem with them. Oh. Because that way it's just, that's what we're supposed to do as consultants. We are supposed to go with a, a fix rather than, hey, this is an issue. Like, help us fix the issue. But I would push back on that. I think that it's good that you go and talk to them and find out where the pain is, right? Because mm-hmm. you you really do need to understand what is the pain. You know, um, uh, I, I do know understand that mentality of saying, like, no, we can never be wrong. But... I mean, honestly, I think your approach is like refreshing, right? It's just like, hey, I actually don't know. We're just going to figure this out together. But I'm I'm smart enough, right? And we can figure it out, right? Mm-hmm. I, but you, you definitely need to understand the problem. Yeah. So if you go, what happens like as consultants, your, your senior probably was already kind of familiar with the problem that they're facing, yeah. right? And yeah, so, that's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more like that. <laughs> but, but still, it is important to be curious, which I feel like... Mm-hmm you know, is lacking in cyber because it's like, I already know, you know, so you got to get curious about the business. I'm curious. So after you graduated college, was it hard to get that job in consulting or was it something that man semantic probably helped? Yeah. Semantic helped, but oh my gosh, my whole career, I've just been, I would say like lucky, but it's the people that I've known. So after, after I graduated, I didn't have I think it was job searching for maybe three months before I graduated. No, I was searching like six months before I was graduated. But I didn't find something until about two months before I graduated. But the when it came to Symantec, I found I, I got a referral from somebody that worked there, and they were like my my teammate on a project at BYU. So that's how oh, that's awesome. they put a referral for me. And then when it came to Angle Point, it was. I don't know, man. I don't feel like my resume reflected what they needed exactly, but when I apparently when I interviewed, I was able to like connect with the right people. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to learning everything at a consultancy, like yeah, it was 
I think it was pretty hard to get in. It was just, I guess, that some recruiter looked at my resume in the exact right light because I don't feel like, looking back at it now, I don't think that it would have been like an easy yes. (laughs) But I don't know. So it it was good, though. I'm happy I got in. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'll go, okay, man. All right, so you go there. Um, you're you're doing consulting and you work at Angle Point for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Is that the name of the consulting yes. company? And then from there, you you had a little stint at Adobe, right? Like yep. after I'd left, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we missed each other just a little bit. So this is a pretty fun story. Adobe was the place I wanted to go right after BYU, but oh my gosh, I was so underqualified. It was not even funny. Like I did not have the sure technical. You were. you were fine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I had any of the technical know-how and I didn't have really any experience so I would always apply to tons and tons and tons of Adobe jobs Mm -hmm. but I never even got a response usually just full rejections every time but at angle point that's when I started learning like really specific security compliance with SOC 2 ISO and then like vendor management vulnerability management just various things that are actually applicable to things that I wanted to. But before I even started at Anglepoint or Symantec, I did a job shadow at Adobe. And I got that through my my uncle works at Adobe. And he's like, hey, you want to look with somebody that's in information security? I said, yes, please. I want to go in. <laughs> so I go in. I job shadow for a day. And I, I see the job. I don't really understand what they do with the job. But I was Sorry like, yeah, this life. is awesome. And he offers me, he's like, hey, we could probably intern you if we get headcount. They don't end up getting headcount. Mm. I'm sad. Mm. Fast forward to angle point. I'm just like being a little consultant, not doing like trying to learn. And I see this job open up and I apply for it. And it's the exact same job I job shadowed for, oh, which was oh, wow. pretty crazy. And the guy that had inter- like job shadowed for me had moved on and was a new manager. So they didn't know that I had job shadowed. Interesting. But... At Anglepoint, I used something called the Adobe Common Control Framework. (laughs) And somebody here created it. I didn't know this. (laughs) But I used that in some projects because I'm like, this is open source. I'm going to use it if it's open source. So I used that to help out with a project with with a customer. And I used that during the interview at Adobe. I said, hey, I've used this before. And they liked that. So I ended up getting the job at Adobe and then... Yeah, it just all turned out really good. I felt like, you know, again, I got pretty lucky, but it was again, th- it was through people that I knew and things lining up with the things that I've learned about just security in general. That's cool. Yeah, so cool. we were just talking about that in our uh, one of our prior episodes was, you know, how it doesn't matter what you're doing, whether it's SOC 2 or whether it's FedRAMP or ISO 27001 or PCI, there's going to be a lot of common ways that you're going to implement security because risk is, cyber risk is all about how do we protect this data. So they're all asking for the same things. It's just mm-hmm. certain regimes are going to ask for something a little more detailed, Yep. right? Um, which is definitely the case with FedRAMP, right? It gets yeah. a little bit more detailed, right? Just so. a little bit. <laughs> Big time, you know, quite a bit. That was one of my projects as a consultant says FedRAMP or just getting them ready. I thankfully I left right before they went into full <laughs> FedRAMP mode. So I don't know if I want to, because that's like I yeah. think I got blasted with just some of the 800 control. I know there's more, but 
ultimately like, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. there's so many there are so many freaking requirements but at the end of the day uh you know we're, we're learning a lot ourselves at Paramify. there's there's a lot of documentation for a reason kind of but at the same time it's a lot of repeat <laughs> it's a yeah. lot of repeat so yeah yeah so tell us okay cool man all right man uh so your role you're at label box mm -hmm. right now yes. tell us a little bit about that and then your role there right now all right so gotta throw this out there label box is a data-centric ai platform for building intelligent applications created by our marketing program that little statement <laughs> that's the nice. easiest way to explain what label box is but okay another the simplest way is that we are creating the AI for like all the data that needs to be trained so that the AI can understand what's actually going on or what needs to do, what it needs to be functioning as. That's what we do. Okay. So you'll see a set of data mm -hmm. and you put a label on that, mm -hmm. right? So you'll say like, Hey, Oh, I've seen that. I've seen this data before. That's this, mm -hmm. right? That's a car. Mm -hmm. That's a person. That's a dog, right? Yes, the, the kinds exactly. of data. Right. And so you label that. Mm -hmm. uh, which is really important for machine algorithms you know, yep. to use. And if just like for a large language model like ChatGPT, that's got to be going through like trillions of data points that need to be trained, at least initially it needs to be trained like that. But yeah. it needs to have a general awareness of what's going on. Mm -hmm. And so Labelbox kind of does that. Yes. Right? Okay, cool. Okay, so that's awesome. It's a SaaS platform, right? Mm -hmm. So security is important. Yes. Right, therefore. Yeah. Right. That's why I joined, actually. I wasn't really looking for it. I was, let's see. What really impressed me was that the security program that they had in place already was that they got SOC 2, they got SOC 2 audited, and they passed in their, I think it was after their first year of being in, like, well, being a company, which oh, is wow. almost unheard of. Like, that's really fast to be fully SOC 2 type 2 audited and passed. Mm. And then I looked at the security page and I said, wow, they got a really great foundation here. It's not where we're starting from ground zero, okay. but we're starting from just a really good place that we could get this like. So security really was off. important. Yeah. The label box is very security, security and privacy has always been extremely important at, since the beginning, since almost inception of the company, wow. which is why I got interested. Yeah. So I'm guessing you're asking about my role, right? Yeah, <laughs> about yeah. what I do. Yeah, yeah. So my yeah. full title right now is the Senior Information Security Risk and Compliance Analyst, okay. which it, it's basically I'm a security program manager uh -huh. and I go and make sure that we're all secure and I really help that. I help with the audits that we go through. So we just got ISO 27101 certified, which was... 27,001, yeah. right? There are so many numbers. Yeah, right? 27,001. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a lot. We yeah. just did that. Uh, we just got through our SOC 2 audit. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, it, it's been fun, like, collaborating with the entire Label Box team to make sure that we get those done. What are the, the biggest pain points there that you run into, right, with uh, hmm. doing, yeah, some of, some of the big ones, right? What are some of the big ones? Big ones with just compliance in general is just getting all the evidences in, which yeah. we have a platform right now. It helps us a lot. Yeah, Drata, just, right? Yeah, we're using Drata. I really have liked using them just because it's a simple like drag and drop of a screenshot, and it's just it's easy to know when something needs to be updated rather right. than yeah. It's just 
as long as like I know what's going on, it's fine. But it, it, Drada has made it a, a lot easier to do it. Totally, so much better to add, like to be doing it today versus you know. Oh, oh man, I was on the ISO preparedness for like just as a consultant. It was so bad. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, where's this? Where's this evidence? Obvious where's problem. It? And it's in yep. the Excel sheet. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, no. No, no props <laughs> really to Vanta and Drata and literally every other company that I've seen <laughs> is doing that. That's cool though. Mm-hmm. So more and more that will do. Okay, so there's yeah. that. What else? What else is a friction point? Other friction points are. So currently. Yeah, as we're building out, it's just identifying what needs to be prioritized over everything. Okay. So I, yeah, this is one of the points I wanted to do. Uh, engineering has extremely limited bandwidth when it comes to building anything. And they're, they got so many things that they're working on just like when it comes to product that yeah. how do I prioritize security? Yeah. <laughs> right? Because like security is not, I mean... It kind of is revenue because it's like a revenue, like when you get a stock SOC 2 sticker or if you get mm. like an ISO sticker that enables more revenue. But you really, you know, your companies are just like expect you to have that and right? they expect you to have that. So uh, people who are engineering, they're building things based on what is, what's our roadmap to get more money, right? More yeah. revenue. And so you come in and you're like, how do, how do I prove that? How do I yeah. convince them that this is really important, right? Yeah. Business purpose, business use. I've learned like why, like what's the why behind this? And once I get backing from that, then I can go for it. But. Um, are there any like uh, angles that have been really helpful in helping people kind of get past that? How do you, how do you get them to understand the why? How do you get aligned with them? What's your process <laughs> for that? Firstly, they like me as a person. <laughs> think, okay. Yeah, nice. that's what I'm hoping that. Just they know that the security team. At labor box is scrappy. Like we're we're in uh-huh. to win it with them. That's the uh-huh. main thing. It's okay. not like I'm trying to throw on a project on you because I don't want to do it. It's more yeah. because I'm passionate about labor box. I don't want us to get breached. I yeah. understand that we have other projects that, but this is why we should prioritize. But not it. It should be prioritized right here, but not above your other project that you're doing. So th- that's how I work with it. And what kinds of things do you do to kind of help them succeed? You know, with security, yeah. right? The security, I, man, usually when it comes with the problem, I try to have a solution ready for them. I say, this is what needs to be fixed rather than please fix it. Right. And just not doing any of the due diligence, not doing any of the groundwork of how. Mm-hmm. But I try, for instance, just like with a vulnerability, I'll say like, hey, I think this is how we can fix it. Not that I'm extremely technical as a security engineer or, or a security engineer, but I said, like, hey, according to my research, this is how it could be done if yep. we can fix it, if we could do that. Yep. So that's one way. And then if we really need to, there's always that compliance backing. Like, hey, this is like a SOC 2. You have so to do this. It's like it, you ha- we have to do this or else we're going to get yeah. an exception. And that's going to reflect badly on the security program and eventually just like label box as a whole. Yeah. yeah. Right. We don't try We don't do that often because... I feel like the Labox engineering team is pretty good. Like yeah. it's pretty awesome. Like they yeah. they they have really good attention to detail. Mm-hmm. But when it does come up, they they jump right on it. Yeah, that's super rare. So it's super rare to have that. That's awesome. I feel like um uh it's it's really fun like when you get an engineer that pushes back like, "Hey, like 
So like what happens if I don't do this? We don't we get an exception and that's really bad. And I'm thinking of like that Jurassic Park meme, you know, where like, hey, he's got he's got an exception in his report. Nobody cares. They think that's good. <laughs> they, think that, they think that's good, but yeah, that's funny. That that is a challenge. How do you get people to care? And for the most part, I found that uh, yeah, people want to do the right thing. Developers want to do the right thing, so it's so crucial that you find how this helps them, or mm-hmm. you know how this helps helps the company, right? So yeah. it's so it's such a challenge, and I'm glad you mentioned that, right? So uh, yeah. just one more point on that. Uh, yeah, my team, like I think my manager, she she was able to say something that pretty like drove home. Like instead of being a blocker. As security, which it is seen as that sometimes, just because well, it totally is a everything. lot of times. How can we enable? Like, yeah, if they yeah. see us, if the rest of the company sees security as an enabling team, then they'll understand where we're coming from. They'll be a lot more easier to work with, but also just have the same vision to build a better platform in general. So, where do you guys enable? Right, where does security yeah. enable? Like how how operationally yep. would it, does it improve things? Yeah, my so a, another part of my job is that I'll help with the, the customer side if they have any security questions. So I created the security documentation package. Okay. It was actually right there. So I helped enhance it a little bit, and then I so they don't have to do that. So that they don't have to. So the salespeople are, are just hey, we have this, and I yeah. can say, okay, I don't want to fill out this eight hundred question like question questionnaire. So I have all these things that. I've given to you yeah. so that we can save time on both sides. Yeah. Yeah. And I find that, you know, from a security perspective, a lot of times the way that you design um, good software um, helps operationally too. Um, uh, Tyler at Paramify right now uh, does some really ingenious things for really focusing on how do we make this process simple? How do we make this, this, particular aspect of the application how do we make this simple and a lot of that i mean he doesn't think of it as doing security it's just like this is just good design mm-hmm. right so um when security professionals think of good design you know that's going to improve security yep quite a bit yep. cool man so how derek so how has your perspective on security transformed as you've journeyed you know, mm. through this role. Has it transformed well, yeah. at all? Or are you, what do you think? It started off where, like, again, the MacBook thing. Right? <laughs> I didn't even know. There's just so many things about security that I didn't know. And I think it, it drove home to me was that I had grandparents that were kind of technically savvy, like, compared to other grandparents, I sure. guess. But they were still a little behind. I still had to like teach them some of the things. And for me, I'm like, geez, people don't know like how to really secure an endpoint, secure, mm-hmm. <laughs> secure a laptop, yeah, let alone secure care. like an entire server, entire platform. So because they don't care, man. Yeah, they don't care. <laughs> they don't. And then I, I read all these breaches. So there's like that healthy little bit of paranoia of how can I keep things secure and like how am I, what am I thinking yeah. about so that other people don't have to worry about it instead. Yeah. You know? So make them succeed. Make it easy for them to succeed, right? Mm-hmm. You know, put up, you know, on your trampoline, put yeah. up some, put it in the ground or put some bars around it, right? And a net around it. 
you know, so you can have fun, you can do your thing, but you know, how do we make it so it's like, oh yeah, you're gonna succeed here? It's such a such a challenge, right? Because you're focused on, okay, you have your customers that you're 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 concerned about, right? You want to make sure that their data is secure, right? But then you also have, you know, your your partners, mm-hmm. right? And you're you're helping them help the broader goal, right? Of protecting yeah. data. So I think back when I first started, it just looked like chaos, but now it's beautiful chaos, or at least mm-hmm. organized chaos to me. Mm-hmm. We can prioritize things and it's like what what does matter most to the company as a whole? That's what yeah. we'll go and target first. And then what hap- what really matters to customers, what and then what matters to employees, all these like what matters to people. Right. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. <clears throat> all right. Eden, what's up? Do you have something or do you want to shift gears into Star Wars and Lord of the Rings? (laughs) (laughs) I I do. I am a little curious. So you're someone who works with an AI company and you work in security. How do you think AI will affect the security um, or the cybersecurity landscape Mm -hmm. as it evolves, say, in the next five to 10 years? Yeah, this is what I've been some some of the stuff that I learned at Black Hat and Defcon were just directly about this. First of all, it's not going to take our jobs, it's not going to take over the world. That's not, you know, at least for 10 years. But <laughs> <laughs> I think AI is here to enhance our lives. In every aspect of it is, but specifically cybersecurity. I went to a whole talk that was for about malware analysis and reverse engineering. And that was extremely fascinating. It broke down the code from assembly, which is entirely unreadable. And then it transferred it from assembly into C to C sharp to then Python and then added comments. Yeah. Like, oh, wow. Like ChatGPT did all that. Yeah. That's just an enhancement and it's going to save so much time. Right. So it's not going to take, it's not going to take our jobs. People that use AI will take our jobs. So if you're right. not using it, you got to figure out a way to implement this fast because mm-hmm. it's this, the growing industry is, AI is just to here to enhance all aspects of the jobs. You that see, way. you see. That's why I like Derek because he says he says things that I also say, <laughs> and so I agree with him. Right? <laughs> I agree with him. I think somebody I just asked feel me, like we're just gonna agree all the time. I'm is like, this yes, the I like it. echo? They <laughs> said, "Is this Skynet?" What? Okay, I haven't seen all the Terminators all the way through. Is it Skynet? Shame on you. Think, yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. Is it Skynet yeah. or Wally? Like, is that our, our AI future? And I said, neither one, man. It's just, <laughs> just like, we're the ones controlling it. We're the ones creating these AIs. But thankfully, we're going to get just as smart as long with AIs too. So, Do you think there's any possibility for like a negative outcome? Are you 100% certain? If we 100% rely on AI, yes. You, we we look at the facts of like it created the hallucinations and it created the precedent like the yeah. false precedences right absolutely it could go wrong absolutely yeah. Yeah. it could be bad <laughs> and we need to be cognizant of that it could be really bad and and uh, there will be th- some bad outcomes from it there already are right but I agree with you it's um, uh, definitely AI does enhance our ability productivity so for us like oh, yeah. all of us are using it in some way shape or form we're using it for coding we're using it for uh for messaging we're using it for like literally everything and so we are so much more productive 
all of us, right? So there is, there are certain things, certain jobs that aren't needed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? There, there are those. But that's what's great is that those jobs were terrible. <laughs> those, <laughs> right? Those jobs, yeah. like, absolutely yeah. sucked, right? They're, like, mind-numbing. And so use AI to do the things that are just not important. Where can you, how can you get into the creative genius space mm -hmm. for every employee? And I feel like AI does that for us. Everybody has an area where they're operating, you know, with their creative genius. And if you can find that, that's where you operate and just amazing things get created mm -hmm. is what I found. And, uh, so we can, I mean, just one thing you can do is enumerate the things that you're doing throughout your day. Take kind of like an audit, right? Audit, what are the things that I did in my calendar? And you can say like, did this suck energy away from me? Yeah. <laughs> did this like suck? Was this like a little Dementor that was just <laughs> sucking all my happiness away? And so find all the little Dementors, you know, in your catalog and then find out, well, can AI do that can i delegate to someone or maybe someone actually likes manual documentation <laughs> or like oh, someone yeah. or maybe someone actually likes doing things that are you just can't imagine you know and you can delegate those out a lot of times you can delegate that to ai right and then it allows you to get into your creative genius mode where you're just like oh my gosh i love compliance and you just get your <laughs> headband on and you're like this is so fun i love this you know Anyways, okay, so so that actually is me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, know, I really do like compliance. I know, man. <laughs> I see. I told you this would be good. I told you. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 yeah. I blast some Spotify and it's just like, let's look at these controls, and yeah, it actually gets dude. me kind of pumped. <laughs> okay, so you're blasting Spotify. So is that like Taylor Swift or what is what is the one? Well, I always love Taylor Swift. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see, but there's too much Disney that I listen to. Oh, really? And then I actually listen to a lot of musicals. Oh, really? <laughs> you know, some great like. Well, let's see. My, uh, well, so you were doing acting for a little bit too. In high school, okay. Oh, okay. My my claim to fame was in junior high. I was Aladdin. So. Oh really? Oh, yeah. Let's go. I thought. That's awesome. Dude. Yeah, I can. Uh, why did they pick you? Why you did think? they pick me? Yeah. The real reason or the fake reason, like <laughs> the PC. The real reason, right? No, no, no. Do it. You just gotta say. I was the only one that had this face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you were probably also pretty fit when you were little, right? No, no? Well, I was like a little skinny. Okay. Like, but. Yeah, it was. Should it was we sing blast. it? I'll, I'll be Jasmine. You can see. Yeah. Imagine. Oh my goodness. I'll say that. Yeah, when I got into security, it was like a whole new world. Yeah, nice. That's pretty good, man. Oh, man. That's pretty good. Okay, so Disney, Star Wars, good or no? Star Wars is amazing. Yes. I love Star yes. Wars. Finally. Yes. Wait, have you had people on here that don't like Star Wars? Dude. There are so many haters, man. What? For me, I always say the Star Wars, when it's good, is really good. Yeah. And when it's bad, it's still pretty good. Because <laughs> it still has a lightsaber that goes off. You know, it's just, I love it, man. <laughs> When's see. Ahsoka coming out? When's Is Ahsoka? That? August 23rd. Oh, yeah? I think. Dude, I'm going to check my sources, <laughs> man. I, yeah. Okay. I, I love all Star Wars. I'll watch it all, but... Good. You What's your favorite movie? episode? Favorite. Okay, my favorite movie. So, sadly, I grew up on the prequels, 
but I like the prequels, Where? but people don't really like the prequels. I like Attack of the Clones. Okay. It's not amazing. But I think I really like... I like, oh my gosh, Return of the Jedi is probably one of my favorites. Yeah, man. So oh, it's oh like yeah. this epic, fantastic ending yeah, that yeah, yeah. continues on yeah, after, just... which I'm like, canically, can we just like cut it off there sometimes? No. But that's no, yeah. okay. It's fine. They're figuring more. it out. Yeah. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. So Star Wars, good. Lord of the Rings. Mm. Amazing. I love Lord okay. of the Rings. So, so I'm actually a pretty yeah. big bookworm. I haven't read Lord of the Rings wow. yet. Oh, no? I read The Hobbit. I read it when I was little. Let's see. I think I stopped reading Lord of the Rings after he... The Ents talk? No, I think he described, like, he was world building for, like, 40 pages. Yeah. And it was describing trees, describing, like, buildings. And I said, I'm going to watch the movies. Fell in love with the movies, so it's okay. Okay. Like, I love the movies. I never read the books or anything, but I watched the movies. And I love the movies. But uh, I was in Oxford... Um, oh, yeah. Really, like, uh, a couple last, days yeah. ago. Yeah, oh, wow. literally a couple <laughs> days ago, yeah. yeah. And uh, the books were written by Tolkien. Yeah. 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 And supposedly um, he stayed in the same college I was in. No and, way. Like, yeah. Started writing some of his books there. And yeah, I just thought it was like, fascinating. Okay. Yeah, when you're eating their food, you're like, oh my gosh, this is the idea. This is where they got the idea for, like, orc food. <laughs> right. <like that. laughs> There's this one random yeah. bookstore in the Riverwoods in Provo, mm. and it's, like, antique collectors. So we went there one night, me and my friends, back when I was in college, and the owner of the store came up, and he's like, hey, do you guys like Lord of the Rings? I said, yeah. Who and doesn't, he, man? He showed like, us the first edition, and we got to hold it. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, do you want to see something even cooler? I said, no, what? <laughs> what? What do you got? And he pulled out the one ring, and apparently there was one of seven made, and he's like, this is one of the rings from the set. Like, oh, they wow. actually used it. I said, I'm going to hold it. <laughs> so I acted cool. like I was Smeagol and Golem for a was second. It it was it heavy? <laughs> no. It wasn't too heavy, no. but it was, it was interesting. Mine's cool. Mine's made out of rubber. Yeah, me, me too. Little, yeah. Do you guys hear about the one ring uh, magic card that just sold for, was it, like $2.6 million? No way. What? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's only one ever created. I'd only so. I'd only spend that much money on a Pokemon card, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> big Pokemon fan. I'm a, like when it comes to gaming, like that's why I like technology. So Pokemon and Zelda were the ones that I like my very first games. Okay, like the original okay. Zelda. Oh yeah, well not the original Zelda, but yeah, yeah. yeah. What's it called? Oh my gosh, Ocarina of Time. But I called yeah, it Orcarina classic. of Time. For I was a long born time. in '82, so like Link's Awakening. Yeah, man. I oh my gosh, I. <laughs> I didn't have Nintendo, but when I was growing up, I had a friend named Andy, and he was a little younger than me. Mm. But I was like, he has a Nintendo. So I'd go to his house, and I'd knock on the door and be like, hi, is Andy here? And then, or I'd say like, hey, can Andy play? And uh, his mom would be like, Andy's not here. And I'm like, can I play his Nintendo? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I had a, ge- a friend with a GameCube. That's exactly what I would do. I have the same thing, yeah. Yeah. We all have that friend. Oh, my gosh. Right. Okay. It's not just me. <laughs> so, we all so, have that didn't buy us the system, so we go over. Yeah, yeah, he's moving. I'm like, shoot. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry to see you're moving. I like Andy. He's a good kid, man. Good kid. He's just but younger, right? Ultimate game that I will forever love, and it's my top game is Super Smash Brothers. Okay. So like classic. which version? 
Do you like the new Switch version? Yeah, we love the Switch version. When I say we, that's like me and my extended family. Yeah, the Switch version is so, nice. What do you like about it? Yeah, let's see. We like the expansive characters, like mm-hmm. the list, because mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that you can just pick freaking Ness the entire time and just wreck. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. It was Mario. We, we played all of them, but we all had specific characters. Yeah. But man, oh, man. My cousin's really good with Rob of all really of all characters. He just destroys. I like Ike. We get scared, man. I like Ike because he fights for his friends. <laughs> Dude, I like Ike. I like Link. Link. Link yeah. yeah, Link's my Link. Yeah, the new it's version. A, Kirby. Go-to. Kirby's pretty cool. Yeah, that was my sister's yeah. go-to. They okay, Kirby. Kirby. Yeah. Yeah. Zelda. Yeah. Man, this is so good. All right, man. So you're bookworm. Mm-hmm. What book? do our listeners not know about i mean we have by probably at least three listeners by now i'm sure hopefully <laughs> maybe yeah, even yeah, four yeah. maybe, maybe. Even four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah so what book recommendations do you have for our okay. three listeners so man i feel like this is just a shout out to byu this whole podcast but yeah. way of kings by brandon sanderson if you haven't read anything mm-hmm. by brandon sanderson this is a great one. The Stormlight Archives, just okay. the first one to go to. And what, what is it about? Is it about Star Wars? Or what is it about? <laughs> Think of it as, oh, man, I can't even compare it to anything. Basically, it's, so it's just, yeah, it's just a epic, an epic fantasy. And it's, it has knights, blades. It's got incredible character growth. And okay. Just, What's that book again? This one's called The Way of Kings. And I'll okay, say this. Okay. There's like, I think it's. He's only got four of how many books is he making? I don't know how many of the series, but it's my favorite series. My friend showed it to me. It was like watching Netflix each night. Instead got of it. reading, really? I would read for about 30 minutes a night because they're they're fatty books. They're like really thick books. <laughs> yeah. And I would read for 30 minutes and it'd be like an episode. And then I closed the book. I'm like, okay, I can't wait to read this tomorrow night. Mm. It's just like my little ritual to help me go to sleep. Got it. But amazing series. The Way of Kings. The Way of All Kings. Right, man. Well, super cool, Derek. Thanks for joining us on this um, super random episode. <laughs> um, yeah. As I thought, I mean, we stayed on topic for a while. Mostly. But I don't know. We started off with tomatoes. Isn't that yeah. what we were talking about? Well, we went off yeah. topic and talked about like career and AI. And uh, then yeah, we got yeah, back yeah. on topic with like Lord talk- of the Rings and Star Wars. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. What's like the real, the real like title of this podcast is going to be nerds. Like, uh, yeah, no. Like, great nerds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, great nerds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not even nerdy. It's, it's life. <laughs> nah, yeah. nah we'll, we'll make sure to make it cool. So, all right. Hey, thanks, brother. Thanks for yeah, coming, thanks on, for coming man. on, man. This is awesome. <laughs>